0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy.
1: Well, hello and happy Mother's Day to all of you at Kingdom Culture and Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for inviting me to share with your church family. It is an honor to do so. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited that today is Mother's Day and that we are celebrating mothers and the wonderful nurture that mothers give to children. And so those of you who are mothers, I just wish you the very best Mother's Day. And uh, of course, all of you have a mother. Some of you are close to them. Some of you still have them uh, with you in the earth. Others have gone on. But um, this is a day definitely to reflect on our mothers and to give honor. Uh, for them giving us birth and for giving us life. And even if you've had a difficult situation, with a mother, maybe, you know, you had a mother who abandoned you or a mother who abused you is I believe today can be a healing day for you. Today can be a day where you can receive from the father everything that you didn't get from your natural mother. And um, so anyways, this is going to be a special day for all of you. I really believe that. I want to break open a word for you today that I think is pertinent for the day that we are living in we are living in a very critical hour within church history. In fact, if we just do a quick overview from about 1950 to 2020, we see a 70 year period there where there was great birthings and grace and glory. Uh, We see the charismatic renewal, the Jesus people movement, the word of faith movement, the vineyard movement, the the apostolic movement, the prophetic movement, the renewals and the revivals that were poured out in the 1990s and into. Into uh, uh, the the years in the last 20 years, uh, we've seen revival poured out in so many different places. So it's been a time of great grace and glory. But when 2020 hit, everything changed overnight. It was just like this 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 severe visitation of things and many elements, not just only the uh, the virus, but many things connected to it, that um, that actually. Uh, gave a really clear dividing line between eras. So we've stepped into a new era, and you will live differently in a time of war than you live in a time of peace. In a time of war, you have to be more vigilant. You have to be more focused, more alert, more more awake. Um, more aware of what's going on and more strategic for sure. And so we are in that season and God is going to give us a great outpouring of a spirit, great outpouring of revival. The best days ever for the church are yet to come. I do believe we're going to see two tracks. The world is going to get darker, but the kingdom's going to get brighter. I just want to encourage you to be in much prayer and seek the face of Jesus Christ right now. Use this time in his presence to really seed into uh, the coming days. Uh, Every prayer is like a seed that you're sowing and just face him. Face Jesus. There's all kinds of peripheral things that we can give our attention to, but there's only one really important thing, and that's Jesus himself. And make sure that you're really sowing into his presence at this time because of what's coming. And God wants to bring you into the fullness of everything that he has for you. Now, in this season that we're living in, one of the things that's been on my heart lately is to see the body delivered from an orphan spirit. And so I want to touch base with you on this very subject today. And I believe that at the end, we're going to be able to see some healing come or some repositioning uh, come that's going to help tremendously. I believe that when you get light on this subject, that is going to a lot of things in life will make sense. And so let's just go into this as a bit of a teaching this morning on uh, Mother's Day, uh, because uh, God is bringing Um, his father heart, his um, El Shaddai heart, which is like the mother aspect of God as well, the nurturing part of God. He's bringing it to his creation through Jesus Christ. And I'm excited. So the word orphan defined actually means one who is deprived of parents. Okay. That, you know, you don't have parents. And in in the Psalms, David said, um, when your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take you out. So we have a promise from the Lord. But it's possible for you, maybe that you're watching right now, um, that you were abandoned by your parents, one or both, um, maybe neglected, maybe um, abandoned because a parent left the family. Maybe it was an abusive relationship. But that's that's like an 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 orphan assignment over your life that we're going to see broken broken today because God wants you to enjoy the fullness of his father's heart and the fullness of a mother's nurture. Um, The word orphan also means one who is lacking support, provision, and care. And some of you might be feeling that way. You might be thinking, well, I'm lacking support. I'm lacking provision. I'm lacking care, okay? And those are some of the the definitions of an orphan spirit and one that we can be healed from the effects of it, we can be delivered from the grip of it, and we can be set into a really strong place in the arms of God. Now, the orphan spirit is a, a vicious, a very vicious and brutally evil demonic entity, and the devil is the true orphan, Um, Before uh, he fell, he was an archangel, but the original orphan spirit is the devil himself. And he wants to conform all mankind into his image. He'd love to conform you into an orphan identity. He is jealous of your sonship. He's jealous of your daughtership in God. And he would love to conform you into... Um, an orphan mindset, an orphan identity. Uh, but we're not going to buy into that. We are not going to go there. So the devil, um, who was Lucifer before he fell, was endowed with great beauty. He was just indescribable, the scripture says, as far as his beauty goes. And he was lavished with extravagance. He lived in an atmosphere of glory. He lived in in God's very presence. And in fact, he was the cherub that covered the mercy seat. He lived in a perfect, flawless love environment. And in that environment, he ministered before God. He had access to the throne, access to God's presence. Amazing. He had everything, but there's always a big but there, right? But pride entered him and he started getting selfish ambition to be like God and even to have God under him, that he would rule over God. And he saw that God was a father to everything that he had created. And he was jealous of that fatherhood and he wanted to be the father. In fact. Um, In his fallen state, he's called the father of lies. So he is a father, but he's a father of lies. But he wanted to be the father. So he wanted to um, have God serve him. And he wanted um, to become the father of everything that God had created. That's what he was after in his selfish ambition and in his pride. And so because of that pride, the scripture says that he has been cast out of God's presence. He was thrown out of heaven and he was able to convince a third of the angels of heaven uh, to follow him. Uh, They just believed that they could overthrow God too. And of course they got cast out also. So the devil and all of his followers are motivated and driven by this orphan mentality. They are orphans. They are actually true orphans, but they've been cast out of God's presence. Now, let's take a look for just a moment at man, because in the beginning, when God was creating the world, He spoke everything into being. He said, light be, and it was. And you need to use your words well. Uh, Use word declarations to create those things that are not. That's a whole other teaching. But anyways, um, when it came to creating man, uh, he created man differently and it says that he formed mankind out of the dust of the earth. So he took the dust, which wasn't like, you know, negative, ugly dust that we have to get off of our furniture all the time. This was before the fall. And it was like God's glory particles that covered the earth. It was beautiful. And he took it and he formed and fashioned man in his image and likeness, in God's image and likeness. And then He breathed his breath into this form. He went, and man became a living soul. So his fatherhood, his DNA, his love, his nature, everything that was in, in God, he breathed into man. He breathed into you and I, mankind. And then he blessed man. And he gave him authority and rule, dominion. He blessed them to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth, to fill it. Um, and he just blessed them with everything he needed. And the the name Adam, it actually comes from a Hebrew word meaning man or taken from the earth. And the word Eve, the name Eve in Hebrew is most commonly believed to mean uh, living source or the source of life, um, life-giving, a releaser of life. And so as we're celebrating mothers today, um, I just want to say that, that mothers have given life because the, the child comes forth from the womb of a mother. And uh, so mothers have given uh, life because the the name Eve is releaser of life. And she became the mother uh, that brought um uh, multiplication of mankind into being. And Adam and Eve, they walked in the garden together with their heavenly father and they had communion and fellowship with him. And it w- they were one and it was beautiful. They were made in God's DNA. He said, in his image and likeness, he created them. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful environment. But the devil, he was jealous um, of man because he didn't want, he didn't want, uh, man to have that kind of relationship with God because he had had lost it. Um, He was jealous of man's authority. He was jealous of man's blessing, but he was also jealous of God because God was the father of mankind. So jealousy and selfish ambition drove the devil. And so he went after man so that he could steal or take his dominion from him. And you know, of course, that's through the fall. He tempted uh, mankind. He had them question their relationship with the Father. He had them question the integrity of the Father's words. And so when they gave in to those temptations and they submitted to the devil, then he got what he was looking for. He got their authority. He got their, their uh, blessing. And he became... The God of this world, little g, and that's mentioned in the New Testament. So he, instead of man now ruling the earth, the devil was ruling the earth and tempting mankind and bringing decay and uh, corruption and all those things came into the earth at that time. But praise the Lord, it was only temporary because God had a plan and he was going to bring his son, Jesus. He was going to leave that heavenly place and come into the earth and take our place to redeem us back into our position. And Jesus literally came to open the way for us to be reconciled to the Father. We were always created, not as orphans. We were created to be children. And in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it, it talks about, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God, and such we are and such we are so we want to meditate on that like we are we are the beloved children of God Himself, we are not orphans. We're not separated from Him. No matter even what's happened with earthly mothers or fathers in our life, maybe we've been mistreated, maybe we were neglected, maybe we didn't get what we needed. But the Father of all, who also has the 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 El Shaddai heart in Him, the maternal heart, the the um, nurturing heart, all of that is given to us as we're reconciled to God, and we become his children. Now, if you look at the problems that we're facing in the world today, and there's some big ones, I believe that almost every single one of them is fueled by an orphan spirit. For example, when you are an individual that is hating other people and killing them, um, what is fueling that? Because a secure person who's been secure in love and has been, you know, well... uh, well-affirmed in their life and, and covered and protected and provided for, they're not looking to harm people. They will go and bless people because when you're blessed, you bless. And so people that are operating in corruption and lawlessness and murder and hatred and everything that's out there, really what's fueling that is the orphan spirit. Once a person gets to know the love of the father for their life, they change. Also, even the um, uh, abortion issue that we're seeing today, um, that that is fueled by the devil who is an orphan spirit because he's jealous of the father's love that he has for every child. So he goes and murders them. He has them murdered. That's what's compelling him. The LBGTQ community uh, with its gen- gender identity issues and the confusion over that, and it's very big right now. So many are struggling. But you see. That's a lie from the orphan spirit saying, you know what? You have no value the way that you were created. You were created without value, without proper identity. You are not okay the way that you are. You need to change your identity so that you can be loved and so that you can have value. But you see, when you're loved by your Heavenly Father, when you understand the love of the Heavenly Father, then you're not trying to be someone else or something else. You are are so satisfied in being who God created you to be. And so we see behind that, this uh, orphan spirit at work. Also with um, the legalization of recreational marijuana and other drugs, um, you know, that is fueled by an orphan spirit, a lying spirit that says you don't need the father's comfort. You don't need the father's peace. You don't need that because here's a substance that'll help you because you don't get any peace unless you do something to make yourself feel peace because you're really not loved and you really um, don't have any joy either, so let's take a substance to give you joy because because you're an orphan. You are alienated from the God who could be giving you this. And you can see the lie behind this. So so I would say that that all of what we see, all these tensions in society, have been fueled by an orphan spirit. And if we do war against that orphan spirit, we will see a great harvest. We will see people fall into the Father's arms. It's beautiful. And so Jesus is with us to bring us back to the Father. And that's what evangelism is all about, is to introduce people to the love of the Father. Even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught our Father who lives in heaven right? It starts out the prayer like that. They said, Jesus teaches how to pray. And the very first thing he does is have them acknowledge their heavenly father who lives in heaven. Okay. And so um, he's, he, he's securing their identity in knowing that they're not orphans. They belong to the father. He said, the father and I are one. He said, I'm in the father and the father is in me. He said, if you've seen the father you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And at his baptism, it's really interesting because when Jesus went and took the waters of baptism, obviously he didn't need to take it to repent from his own sin. He did it in place of us. He did it as us and for us. But when he came up out of the waters of baptism, the heaven opened And the dove came down upon him. The spirit came down on him. And there was a voice out of that open heaven. What was that voice? It said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, in the book of Genesis, when when God created man in the book of Genesis, what did he say after? He said, this is very good. Very good. He spoke acceptance and love and affirmation over mankind. That's what we're created for. That's why we long for it because we're created for it. But when Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism and the father brought that over him, he was releasing that acceptance over mankind again. He was saying, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. So that when we are in Christ, that is the acceptance. That is the affirmation that we receive. But it's really interesting. That in the waters of baptism, coming up out of it, he gets this affirmation as God's son in whom he is well pleased. Then he gets led into the wilderness by the spirit of God to be tempted by the devil. And what were the temptations? Tempting his identity. Temptation number one, it says, if you are the son of God, then turn the stones into bread. And he could have turned stones into bread. He he had the power, but he was committed to only doing the things he saw his father do and only speaking what his father said. So he denied that temptation because he knew who he was. He was a son of God. And he didn't have to prove that he was. When he said, if you are the son of God, I don't have to prove anything. I just know who I am. And God wants you to be able to know that within yourself. The temptation number two was, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. The angels of God will be there to protect you. And and he he uh, quotes Psalm 91, but it's 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 taken out of context. And so Jesus had to say, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the uh, test. And so. He brought things back into perspective because he was not going to tempt the Lord. He was going to remain faithful to his heavenly father. The third temptation was uh, an invitation for Jesus uh, to uh, embrace all the kingdoms of the world, all their glory. All he had to do was fall down and worship the enemy. He said, if you fall down and worship, me, I will give you all these things. And can you see the way he was after identity there as well? You see, Jesus didn't need the devil to give him all things because the Father had given him all things. He even said that, the Father has given me all things. The glory of the Father has given me, I give to you. And so his identity was being challenged, but he took a stand against it. So we live um, in a society today where many have grown up without fathers or or mothers, Um, or the father and mother were physically um, or emotionally absent, or perhaps grown up with abusive or neglectful fathers and mothers. Statistics say in the USA, I don't know what it is in Canada, but in the USA, that currently there's around 9 million families without fathers who are feeling orphaned. Emotionally orphaned, they—you might not call them an orphan, but they're acting like an orphan does: without love, without care, without support. In 2019, in the USA, um, the the national um, children's mal- maltreatment statistics were uh, crazy, and I'm going to read some of them to you. Let me just pull them up here, and I think that we're going to have it put up on the up on the. Um, screen for you if I can get this there okay 4.4 million child maltreatment referral reports were, were received 4.4 million child maltreatment referral reports that's not all of them that's just the ones that were reported were there other children maltreated absolutely they just weren't reported and probably that many and more Child abuse reports involve 7.9 million children. 91.4% of victims are maltreated by one or both parents, by father and or mother. The highest rate of child abuse in children is under age one. 1,840 children died from abuse and neglect in 2019 and five children every day are dying from child abuse. 70% of all child fatalities were younger than three years of age. 79.7% of child fatalities involve at least one parent, and children who experience child abuse and neglect are approximately nine times more likely to become involved in criminal. Activity Now, those are some fairly recent stats. That was in 2019, the end of the year. Um, so we're another year and a bit um, into um, the next season. And probably the statistics are, are accelerating. At this point, we don't see it getting better. But you can see the importance right now of God visiting his church to anoint fathers and to anoint mothers with his heart, with his parents' heart for the children so that we can give children in the very formative years of their life a stable environment, a solid foundation that they will know the love of God and be able to identify with that love because they've seen it model to them through mothers and fathers. And so I just bless those of you that are fathers and mothers, you're raising children right now, I bless you to model for your children and to 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 saturate your children with the very nature and the goodness of God so that they will grow up secure, not feeling alienated from parental care and then grow into believing that about their heavenly father, but that they will have a solid, solid Foundation on which to grow. And so I anoint you and I bless you. Now, um, I want to just look at a few symptoms of the orphan spirit because I believe this orphan spirit is running rampant within the church. Even though we can quote the scriptures about, oh, yeah, I have a heavenly father, the heavenly father loves me. Father himself loves me. We can quote all those scriptures. Uh, God loves me with an everlasting love. He really, really does. But if we are bound or deceived by an orphan spirit, it is going to affect different things in our life and manifest different symptoms. And so here are some of the symptoms of an orphan spirit. And I'd like you to just ask yourself, do I have that weakness in my life? Do I have that vulnerability in my life? Because if so, you can be healed. You can be set free from the spirit. You can have your mind renewed. So you don't think like an orphan anymore. And if you don't think like an orphan, then you won't manifest uh, the behaviors of an orphan. You will know that you're a beloved child. So we see lack of fulfillment is one. Lack of identity Obsessions such as eating, overeating, exercise, uh, workaholism, addiction of different kinds, especially we see so much drug addiction uh, today. And it's because of the lack of security in the heart that isn't given through parental affection and love and care. Um, Crime. Uh, Crime accelerates when the spirit is running rampant. Entitlement mentality, because you're always looking out for yourself and you always want more. You're never feeling fulfilled no matter what. Uh, Looking for affirmation. Uh, People that are are, um, oppressed by an orphan spirit will be looking, uh, looking for affirmation, fishing for compliments, and it's never enough. It never feeds it enough. You always need more and more and more rather than being at rest with your value. Uh, Searching for answers to life outside of the Word of God because you cannot trust the Father's Word. You have to look outside for it, denying the truth of the word of God and God's divine order. And we see that a lot in the day that we're living in, especially with de- deconstruction theology and that just pulling the word apart, pulling the truth apart, saying it's not relative for today. We don't need this. We don't need that. We don't even believe the Bible. You know, the Bible is not relevant. And so much is being deconstructed. And of course, some of it uh, might need to be de- deconstructed but for the most part we're seeing some uh, treacherous acts here and i believe it's fueled by an orphan spirit because an orphan it doesn't trust authority an orphan doesn't know who to trust broken marriages and family i think this orphan spirit is a culprit and if you're struggling in your marriage and family chances are one or both of you as a couple is dealing with this um, orphan mentality narcissism is definitely fueled by an orphan spirit and has become a big problem in the day that we're living in. Self-idolatry, self-love, the entitlement um, uh, behavior goes along with this as well. Jealousy, covetousness. When you are secure, you don't need something that someone else has because you know that you've got everything that you need. And if you had um, a problem and you need it resolved, you have a heavenly father who, who will be there for you. A lack of respect for the law, lack of celebration for the achievements of others, one-upmanship, I've got to do better than the next person because that's where I find my value because I'm not valued as a child a drive to acquire possessions, sexual focus and addictions. We see that in these days. I mean, it's horrific. Even what you see on the television screen, uh, hours where children are watching TV, even advertisements are full of sexual perversion. Um, The uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl of 2019 was like, you know, it was like a strip club act. Um, The Grammy Awards this very year, were just ab- absurd. the ha- the the um, uh, show that was on there was like it, it was like a sex orgy, and it was right there on TV for even children to watch. We see the uh, pornographic addiction and 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 sexual stuff right out in the open. And that is because of an orphan spirit. When you don't feel satisfied within, when you don't feel loved, then you go after the things that are needed to be expressed in covenant, but you want them without the covenant because you're out there on your own. Rebellion, lies and deceptions, gossip, control issues, fear of man's opinion. The fear of man is huge in in orphans. Living out of God's divine order. Feelings of alienation and separation from God, never feeling that you can get close enough. No matter what you do, you're striving, you're trying to do your best, maybe fasting, praying, doing night watches, whatever, and still feeling alienated. That's the torment of an orphan spirit. Performance-driven, not feeling valued, feeling unworthy, a need to be seen or noticed, always looking for a person, often an authority figure to validate or to make a way for for, for you. And we see that um, in the pool of Bethesda, where there was this man who would go every year when the angel was gonna swirl the water. He just wanted to get in that water, but he never got to go in. And so there was the time again, there he was waiting to be put in the water. And Jesus came up to him and said, do you want to be healed? And he didn't answer if he wanted to or not. He just said this, but I have no man to put me in. I have no one to help me. There's no person who can help me. Well, Jesus didn't ask him if he needed a person. He just asked him, do you want to be healed? Because the man was right there. He was right there to bring healing to him. But you see, when you're an orphan, you always need, need to look to someone else because you're helpless. You're a victim. It's a victim mentality. Dominating conversations is another one. Boasting, needing title and position. Rejection, feeling like you're being passed over or feeling alone. And in John sixteen thirty two, in the Passion Translation, it says, And the time has come when you will be all scattered and each one of you go your own way, leaving me alone. Hmm. Yet I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me. I am never alone. This is the words of Jesus. You see, he didn't have an orphan spirit. He never suffered with rejection or aloneness, even though he was rejected, even though he was alone, but he never really was because he knew the father was with him. All right. Um, Now, the answer to moving out of an orphan spirit is to experience the father's love, to experience his nurture. And I want to share a testimony with you of something that happened to me in my third day of being a Christian. I was gloriously um, brought into the kingdom of God. I felt God's liquid love go into my heart, remove all the shame and guilt and sin that I was burdened down with. I was a mess when I got born again. But in that one moment where Jesus came into my heart, there was this beautiful oil, this weighty love of God filled me. It was so beautiful. And, um, so I was like in a, in a high, I was just like delighting in the Lord, feeling so loved, feeling like I belong, feeling so defined. It was just beautiful. But on the third night after being born again, I'd been involved in the occult and the new age before I was born again. And that night I was trying to get to sleep. My husband was out of town and I heard all this banging in the closet. And I heard these grunts and bangs and movement in the closet, and there was no one there. But I could hear it. And I knew from my um, experience in the occult that these were demons, and I was scared. I was very scared. And I pulled the covers up over my head. I was just shaking in fear crying out to God and he took me into an encounter. It was like a dream, but I was awake, but it was very vivid. I could see all the different things that happened within the dream. It was just um, uh, awesome. It was just like real, like being inside of the scenario. And what it was is I saw Father God and he revealed himself to me as a beautiful kind man. He had white glistening hair His face shone like the sun. His eyes were like sapphire blue, emanating love. And he was full of joy. He had this long white gown on. And I was a little girl in this encounter. And he showed me um, how he saw me as this little girl. And the little girl was maybe four or five years of age, pure, really uh, sweet looking in the face, clean clothes, just beautiful. And he'd throw me up in the air. And this big belly laugh would fill him and then in me too. And then he would catch me and throw me up again. And we were playing and having so much fun. And I felt so, so much delight in the presence of the Father. So much delight. And um, after a while he put me down at his feet. He was sitting in a, in, in a big chair, and he put me down at his feet. And he gave me a ball to play with. And so uh, I was playing with the ball, enjoying being in the Father's presence. But suddenly, um, you know, the ball started rolling away, so I would, I would go after it. And then before I knew it, I saw these two little legs with dirty blue jeans. And I looked up, and it was a little boy about the same age as me, and he had two little horns coming out of his head. I knew he was the devil. And he, and he looked really mean, and he was dirty, and he was, he was mean. And he was trying to get me to do something that I didn't want to do. And he kept pushing and pushing. And I said, I don't want to do that. I was scared of him. I was afraid. And then he he kept pressing in for more and and he made me more afraid. And I finally said, I'm going to tell my daddy on you. And all of a sudden he looked up and terror filled his eyes and he just turned around and ran as fast as he could away from me. And then I turned to run back to my heavenly father, but he was right there. I ran right into his, his robe and he picked me up. And he held me and he comforted me. And it was so beautiful being in the father's safe arms. And he made me feel at peace. He made me feel loved. That's what fathers and mothers do. And so then he put me down and he took my hand and he said, if you will walk with me, you will never have to fear him again. And I came out of the encounter. Now at the time, After that happened, I never had any more demonic encounters. Um, I was delivered from the things that had come into me when I was in the New Age and the occult, and it was beautiful. And I remember thinking, as I look back on it, that that experience had been given to me By the Father so that I would learn not to fear the enemy, that I would never need to fear him. But just recently, in the last number of months, I've been sensing that that encounter was way bigger than that reason. It was to introduce me to the Father, to his heart, because when you're close to the Father and when you believe the Father's love for you, when you experience that, it puts a foundation in your heart that is absolutely beautiful. And if you have not had an encounter with the Father where He reveals His love to you, I'm praying right now for you to have that encounter. I pray that in these coming weeks that you will encounter the Father's heart and the truth about how much He loves you. Now, if you don't have your own encounter yet and it's not coming yet, you, you can have mine. I'll share it with you. And as prophetic people, we like to see in the spirit. And so you can just take my encounter and start to see yourself in it as a child that the Father loves. Draw close because as you position yourself to draw near to the Father, he will draw near to you. And he will start filling you with your own encounter. But you can start just by meditating on the one that I gave you and see yourself in that position. God wants you to have an encounter with him. He wants you to know him and be secure in him because you are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. You are a beloved child of God. And we have many in the body of Christ who are manifesting orphan spirit. But we don't need to do that anymore because we're going to get set free. And then we're going to help other people get free. There's a whole world out there that is plagued with not feeling like they belong, not feeling like they're accepted, not even accepting themselves because they do not know yet the Father's love. They do not know their identity for what they were created for, which is to know Father's love. And that's what God wants to fill you with today. Now, I'm just going to quickly, as we wrap up here, I'm going to give you... Um, some practical helps on how to declare war on this orphan spirit. And some of you might have to war for your own soul or for your spouse's soul or for your children's souls or for the people in the workplace or the people in your church. But you can't war for others until you know how to war for yourself. And so God wants you to be so filled with his love and so know his goodness So the first point is to believe that the Father loves you. Now we can say, yeah, 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 I know. Um, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible told me. So, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, we can, you know, come up with these words, but are they real to you? So it's your faith. It's your belief in the Father's word and do it intentionally saying, I believe your love for me, Father. I believe your love for me. I am not left without support. I am not without someone to care for me. I am not left on my own to figure life out. I have you, Father, and you love me. And in John 16, 27, Jesus said, for the Father himself loves you. Of course, Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father, but he needs us to know it's not just like going through someone else. It's like Jesus became the door so that you could go right through to the Father. And he's willing to meet with you anytime. In John 3, 16, it says, The Father so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Second point, meditate on God's fatherly attributes and the truth regarding the fatherhood of God in your life. So whatever you focus on, that is what you empower. So meditation is mulling over, it's pondering, it's thinking upon, it's, um, you know, uh, uh, just laying hold of, of what's true and fixing and gazing on that. And in Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, You don't listen to the devil's eyes that you're or the the devil's lies rather, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. Now, these are the blessings that come upon you when you change your focus and you mull over and you ponder and you think upon and you and you imagine and you meditate on the truth of who the father is to you says you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper So when you get connected to the Father's heart like that, because you've meditated on how much He loves you and how much you belong to Him, then from that, there is going to be a prosperous life where everything you do will succeed because of the confidence, the peace, the rest, the joy that you walk in by knowing the Father. If He is with you, who can be against you? If He is there to support you, how can you fail? Number three, draw near to Him. His arms are open. Now in James 4, 7 and 8, it says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, resist the orphan spirit, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I know that sounds a little bit strong. But it's because God loves you so much, He doesn't want you to give over to those lies of the devil because when you do, you get gripped by them, they fill you, and they take you in a wrong path. And so He's saying, cleanse your hands of anything that has to do with an orphan spirit. Purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded. Don't be a child of God one moment and an orphan the next. Just know for sure with absolute certainty that you've submitted to the truth of God. You submitted to his love. You submitted to his fatherhood. Number four, identify the temptations of the orphan spirit and resist them. Be separate from his lies and his kingdom. In Matthew 6, 13, Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation. We're taught to pray that way. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the orphan spirit. Don't let us be tempted by it. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's awesome. And so resist, resist the temptation. When that orphan spirit comes and says, oh, look at you. The father doesn't love you. You've disappointed him. He's disappointed with you and doesn't really want to draw close to you. You had your chance, but he's on to other people now. All those crazy lies you have to cast down. And you can pray that you are not led into any temptation, that you don't let those temptations get anchored in you. And number five, the following, the the final one, rather, is to make a quality decision to follow the Father's love, to know his ways, his truth, his word, follow him. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Well, God wants you to follow him. He wants you to follow that fatherly nature. He wants you to to stand against everything that would be contrary to, To following after the Father, you don't need to make your own way, you don't need to uh, to change systems in order to make things go for you. You just go to the Father; he'll show you exactly what to do, and you will prosper. He loves you, he loves you, and then after, you're free, and you know the Father's love and you know what it is to walk free from the orphan spirit, then you can help others. And in Malachi chapter four or five and six, it says, behold, I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will turn the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the the, the children back to their fathers so that I will not come and strike the land with complete destruction or with a curse. Some, some versions say so God's going to turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. And so you will be carrying the father's heart in you. You will be carrying his nurture in you and you will help the whole world come back to the father. This is what God is going to anoint us for. And for kingdom culture, I believe the Lord has shown me that this orphan spirit it's going to be annihilated by kingdom culture, that you are going to be able to show the world how good God is, and he wants to be their heavenly father. And you're going to identify things that are associated with an orphan spirit, the attitudes and that even in society, but in the church and be able to address them. And there are going to be those among you that will articulate this in in a great degree. You'll be able to teach on it. You'll be able to impart. You'll be able to pray and tear that thing down. You're going to tear the mindset down and replace it with the mindset of truth that we find in Christ Jesus. And I believe that kingdom culture is being called by God to carry not only the father's heart, but the mother's heart. El Shaddai means the mighty breasted one. It speaks of the mother's nurture, that part of God that is the nurture, the part that he put inside female when he took the female out of the male. And he took Eve out of Adam and he he put in her that nurture, that mother's nurture. And he put in his man, the father's nurture, but in Christ, there is no male nor female. So we can carry both. We can carry the father's heart. We can carry the mother's nurture, but there is an assignment from God on you as a fellowship on you as a church to set this generation free. You know, the control, and I'll just speak this out. You can weigh it and maybe, um, Sean can, can, um, comment on it uh, after whether he agrees with it or not. And he would have the final word because he is your pastor. But I really believe that a lot of the control that we're seeing in Canada right now, um, and, and the fear that is, uh, motivating the control, um, the different assignments that are going on in the nation. Um, I believe a lot of it is motivated by an orphan spirit, because when you don't know father's love, you're insecure. You don't know that his power, you don't understand his power and what his power can do. And so you operate out of fear. You grasp for for whatever you can get. You try to control things because you feel out of control. And it could be that when we emphasize in these coming days, the father's heart, that we will see fathers and mothers not only raised up within the church to model God's love, but also in the world that we live in that we will see people transformed by that love. And so I want to release on you this day as a mother in the kingdom, I want to release a mother's blessing on you. I want to release a Mother's Day blessing on you where the, the El Shaddai anointing, the mighty breasted one, the one with, with uh, feed, the one with nurture, the one with, with goodness is poured out on you so that you can know the heart of God in a way such as you've never known before, that you will know your belonging, that you will know your gift, your destiny. And so I'm going to bless you. And it's important, you know, because in, in Genesis chapter one, after God created mankind, it says he blessed them. The very first thing he did was he blessed them. And we're made to be blessed. We're not created for curse. We're created for blessing, and it's really important that we bless one another, and especially um, father and mother. If you, if you, are a mother in the house right now, I want to encourage you to release today the mother's blessing over your children. This is a day where you will be honored. But one of the things that you can do to engage in the beauty of this day is to release a blessing upon your children, upon your grandchildren, and just declare that blessing over them, and they shall be blessed. Blessing is so important, so important that in number six, the Lord had the priesthood invoke blessing upon all the people that belong to God so that they would come to know His love and His goodness and come to know that um, connection to their Heavenly Father. And so let me bless you now um, as individuals and as a church because the whole thing about kingdom and your kingdom culture and living in a kingdom culture is to know not only the king, but the father of the kingdom. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just bless your people right now. I bless kingdom culture. I bless everyone who belongs to kingdom culture. I bless all the leaders in kingdom culture that there's a new level of security, a new level of feeling um, uh, appreciative, of feeling secure and confident in you, and knowing that they have everything that they need because you are their father, no matter what happened in their natural fathers or mothers, Lord, I bless them with a mother's blessing. I bless them in the father's love. I bless them in the truth of their sonship and their daughtership in the father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for letting me uh, join with you today on this very special day. And uh, go out and be a blessing. Connect people to the father's heart. And um, all you mothers, you are so blessed. And I know that with this connection to the Father's heart, you're going to be better mothers. You'll be able to nurture your children. You'll be able to, to just love them in a better way because when you know the Father's love, it'll come through you as a mother to your children. And it's going to be really, really beautiful. I pray for strength uh, for every marriage, for every family amongst you, and that you will be a church that is known for a strong family and a strong commitment to the Lord and to his kingdom. God bless you. Thank you again for the honor
2: wow thank you so much patricia king this was awesome this was awesome i hope you enjoyed this experience let's kick out let's declare war against this orphan spirit we are all sons and daughters beloved sons and daughters of god let this revelation sink into your heart i hope you're encouraged mom if you're watching still hope you're also encouraged (laughs) but if you're sitting here maybe you you never said yes to Jesus maybe you never been introduced to this love maybe you never realized that you're actually called to be a son or daughter of the living God. I want to extend this opportunity to you. Jesus came. He died for you. And Romans 10, 9 says that if you openly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he, G, uh, God raised Him from the dead, mm-hmm. you will be saved. So I just want to encourage you, if you never made this decision, this is the best mm-hmm. decision that you can make today. This is the best gift you can give to even your mom as a Mother's Day gift. I really want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus Mm -hmm. and repeat this prayer after me say Lord Jesus I thank you because you've given me life Mm -hmm. I thank you because we are children of this loving God that we are your children Mm -hmm. we love you we declare that you are our Lord and Savior we ask forgiveness for our sins and we want to step in a new life Mm -hmm. a life with you a life of intimacy And relationship Mm -hmm. in Jesus name Amen
0: man I just love those moments they're just so powerful and special Mm -hmm. and you know what if you've made that decision today we would love for you to connect with us all you have to do is email prayer at Mm kingdomculture.ca and we just love to start that journey with you we want to partner with you we want to pray for you and help you walk that out
2: absolutely so Thank you so much once again for joining. (laughs) If you like this, your mom wasn't here, send this message to her, share this experience. It's going to be awesome. Enjoy your Mother's Day. We love you all. Thank you for being here with us. Bye.